college is there's like 32,000 other people around you, but at the same time, it can feel like the most isolating and lonely place in the world, which is so true. My name is Armand. Welcome to USAM Podcast Season 2. Our goal in this podcast is to be relatable and get inspired by our amazing peers. Today's USAM guest is Sonia. Welcome to USAM Podcast. Sonia, how are you doing? Hi, everyone. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Excited to talk to you. Um, uh, we always come to this podcast uh, with an open mind and we leave this podcast very inspired by our amazing peers. The last season of Yes I Am Podcast has been amazing. We had such a great guest uh, and we've been feeling inspired every, every, every single episode. It was very interesting because from episode five of that season, uh, every guest that came afterwards, it was kind of like adding to the, the person before them. So like by the time that we got to the last episode, it was like, wow. It all makes sense, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm very happy that we're starting our first episode of your season two with you, Sonia. Yeah. So we have, a, we have a tradition that we start Yes, I Am podcast with one simple question, but it leads us very, very interesting places and journeys. And that question is, uh, Sonia, what is your story? Okay, awesome. So... Yeah, I also just want to preface with, I watched a few of the season ones and they were yeah. awesome. Um, it's really cool being able to see like other peers in the OSU community. So I'm honored to be here for season two. So thank you. Um, but yeah, I guess my story starts in high school. Um, I was going to pick out the electives um, for what you take during the year. And I wanted to take pottery just because all my friends were doing pottery and like drawing and stuff like that and obviously when you're in high school you're like oh I want to take classes with my friends and stuff um, but my mom sat me down and she was like I think you should take intro to engineering um, because my sister had taken that and we're only about three years apart and we've always gone to the same schools um, and I was like oh I don't want to be a nerd and I don't want to be alone because none of my girlfriends are gonna be taking intro to engineering and she was like, okay, like you can think about it, um, but I really think that you should do that. And she majored in math. So I've always been around STEM my whole life. Um, and so I, I don't really remember like when I decided like, okay, I guess I'll do intro to engineering, but I'm so glad that I did. I was one of only two girls. Um, and after that class, I started taking all the engineering courses that were offered at my school, like robotics, CAD drawing, computer science, which is eventually where I ended up. Um, I did computer science for two years and in high school, and I just absolutely loved it. And it was kind of between doing that or mechanical engineering, like, and drawing on the computer and stuff like that. But my sister had gone to college. So by the time I was a junior in high school, kind of figuring out what I want to apply to colleges to, she was already at Oregon State doing mechanical engineering and being the competitive sister that I am, I was like, I'll let her do mechanical and I'll do computer yeah. science. Like we won't do the same thing. Um, and so, yeah, when it came time junior year to like fill out applications and stuff, um, that's just what kind of made sense. And I went down the computer science route. I applied to a lot of different colleges. And at the end of the day, Oregon State, it's close to home. It's a good state school. We have an amazing engineering program. So 
yeah, it just kind of made sense to go there. And like I said, I had my sister already at Oregon State. I had grown up with her, going to the same school my whole life. Um, and so when I got to Oregon State, it was kind of like a breeze for me, like the transition, because she helped me fill out my degrees and like just all the things that are kind of hard to navigate, but like having a sibling really helps. Um, and she like taught me how to get on like the wait list and stuff for classes. And so the moment that she graduated, I was like lost. I was like, this is what people without siblings feel like. This is so <laughs> weird. I never like one of anyone to feel like this. So um, yeah, I started using my social media to kind of like be a big sister to somebody else. And I started making videos on YouTube about like day in the life of a computer science student and in particular, like a woman of color as a computer science student. And, um, and I had mentored before in high school and stuff, but through my social media, I was able to mentor a few other students. Um, I'm also an active member in LSAMP, which is underrepresented minorities in STEM mentorship program on campus. Um, and that was always kind of like, I guess my thing, like I knew how to kind of be a bigger sister now um, because I had to do it because my sister left me and I was just like feeling inspired to help others. And I've started to kind of grow on Instagram, a little bit on YouTube. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, I don't really care about the numbers as long as I'm helping people. And those messages every once in a while, like, hey, you really helped me, um, you know, decide on Oregon State or like navigate this at Oregon State. It just means a lot because I'm like, yes, I know what you mean. I've been in that position and it's scary. <laughs> um, and I'm also a teaching assistant for the computer science courses. So that's also been um, kind of like a, a big part of my college journey too, because like I said, I just like really like helping other people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Sonia, when, when your sister left, how did you feel? Did you feel lonely? Yeah. It, I definitely felt lonely, and I think having that person where you can just be like, hey, I have a question about this class or, like, you know, like, how to get on a wait list, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, she was um, working her job, and so I couldn't just be, yeah. like, call her and have her be like, oh, let me walk you through the process. And so it was just, like, I don't know, your built-in best friend, but also like the person who answers all of your questions and knows everything was just like gone. Mm -hmm. um, so it was definitely lonely, but yeah, like FaceTime and stuff kind of made up for it and all that. So I'm asking that because I, I want to know, was it more of a, you know, uh, your sister was more of a someone that helped you to kind of get through college life in terms of how to navigate through college and all this kind of stuff or was uh for you more of an emotional support here at orsu yeah she was definitely more of emotional support because once she actually left um that's when i actually started getting more involved in clubs and then the lsamp organization like i had been a part of these clubs in that organization but i didn't really like dive into them further and so um after she left, that's when I applied to be a mentor for that program because I was just a mentee at the time. Um, and so then through that, I have now accumulated eight mentees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and Maybe. then for the like clubs that I'm a part of, I actually went from just being like a member to being on the board of the clubs, which is ACMW and Girls Who Code. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like the transition of having her leave kind of made me have to find my own, um, like responsibility or kind of like become my own person, I guess. Um, and so that's when I really started to like take school more seriously and get a part of these organizations. And that's kind of like when my journey started with like the social media stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you, did you like, uh, have you felt that uh, loneliness afterwards too, after after your sister left and you start social media? Because uh, a lot of us, and uh, that happens to us that like, we feel lonely some, da- some days, you know, like you're like, you know, what, what is my, um, what is my life beauty? And what's the point, you know, like, my parents are not here, da, 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 da. Have you felt like that, like, even afterwards, even after being very involved in social media or it all social media kind of covered up that for you? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's funny that you say that because I, there's this, like, quote that's, like, college is, there's, like, 32,000 other people around you, but at yeah. the same time, it can feel like the most isolating and lonely place in the world, which is so true. And I think a lot of times people see me on Instagram and they're like okay you have like a, a bit of a following and like you have so many friends through that and whatever and it's like yes but at the same time it can be so isolating and like some days you just like sit in your room and you're just like like you know you're just like in a ball and like okay I, I'm just existing right now you know it's like so weird um, but yeah definitely sometimes I feel like social media kind of heightens it because there is that expectation of um, you know having the perfect day in my life. And it's also weird to like, I also hate looking at like analytics and stuff. And a lot of times when people are like, oh, if you wanna make a business out of your social media and all that, like, this is what you have to do. You have to like start making your content perfect and whatever. But for me, like, it's nice making money, but at the same time, worrying and putting so much pressure on the numbers like freaks me out. And that's when I start to feel really lonely and Mm -hmm. really just like, what am I doing? Um, so I never really like care about my analytics and stuff, but when I do, and I'll look at like, oh, a day in my life that something rough went on versus a day in my life where everything was picture perfect. And like the picture perfect one does way better. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, people want to see perfect day in my life, but that's just like not how college is, especially as an engineering student, that is not how it is. (laughs) (laughs) And so that also kind of brings me down sometimes too, where I'm like, you know, sometimes I'll like cry after doing an assignment and I'm like, but people don't want to see that and stuff. But at this point I've kind of, I think when I was growing from like 5,000 to 7,000 followers, I was like really concerned about being picture perfect. Um, but -hmm. now I'm just kind of like, you know, I have a great community online and I'm going to post whatever I want. And if people don't like seeing that, then so be it. They don't have to follow me and all that. Um, because I was just tired of feeling like down all the time because it's too much effort and like mind games to be picture yeah. perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, especially as a student, you know, um, like I get some people do it like for their job, but that's like just their job. But like when you're doing school too, it's really hard. Um, so yeah, I've definitely felt like loneliness or isolation, Um, and like I said, at times social media heightens it, but there also are great times about social media where I'm able to connect with others, 
um, or, you know, make a buck or two. That's also fun. <laughs> so yeah, it's a great side hustle. Um, but it's also a great way to connect with other people, especially like I'll have like zoom coffee dates with girls who are like across mm -hmm. the country. And I'm like, this would never happen unless I put myself out there on social media. So it's kind of like isolating, but then you also get to meet more people. So it's kind of a mixture of both. <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, in, in season one, I had a conversation with Connor, Connor mm -hmm. Bates. Uh, I, th I think you know him, right? Yeah, and I actually yeah. watched that episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and like, Connor also is very involved in social media. And, I mean, the the his business actually is one of the reasons of it, too. You know, he creates video and all this kind of stuff. Um, And if you're, in that conversation, we actually touched with on something that, like, how real... uh how people's life is different than what it shows in social media you know and i think what you just said it was very similar to that you know like you you i don't think you put like a necessarily a picture of yourself or in, in social media that you're crying and you're struggling mm -hmm. you know you know most of the pictures that are in social media are all you know smile happy inspiration and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, what I want, what I want to wonder is, does this uh, kind of this social media platform that you're involved in cause you to overthink a lot? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say so. Um, like when I get in those weeks where I'm in my like work mode and I have like a certain content that has to be released by a certain date or. Um, certain series or something like that I definitely will like sit on my phone and actually like right before this call I was planning out a draft for something that will go live later today yeah. um, and because I'm getting paid for uh, this post mm -hmm. you know I sit there and I just like think and I think and I rewrite the the caption like over and over and over again and sometimes I feel like I can see that being like carried over even into like my schoolwork sometimes but I've always kind of been like an overachiever at school and like always yeah. kind of overthinking at school anyways but I think sometimes it's really bad like I'll have these weeks where there's a lot of content and a lot of school that has to go on mm -hmm. and it's just like so much thinking in your own head and like overthinking about like how you're doing or how you're going to perform on a test and also how you're going to perform online and sometimes um I'll have like these power weeks where I'll work and then I'll go like MIA on social media for like five days straight because I'm just like, I can't like look at my phone. And then I'll also take like days off of school sometimes, usually just for like capstone because like, I'm yeah. sure you know, we don't really have lecture on Friday, but yeah. like I'll take a three day weekend. And um, yeah, so it's kind of like a weird work habit I guess where like I'll put in so much work and then I'll take these like long breaks where I just like need to actually just like zone out tune out log off of everything um but sometimes I'm like is that like a toxic habit to like work mm -hmm. so much and then take a few breaks and then work so much but mm -hmm. I feel like yeah that's I don't even remember what the question was but <laughs> yeah well, I'll, I'll ask you about overthinking you know overthinking. <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, so I think overthinking and just like over like expecting more from yourself than you know maybe you can give is definitely something that I've had to go through a lot, especially with social media and school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
overthinking, I think like it's something that um, especially people uh, in our age suffer from it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, suffer from it a lot that we keep thinking and thinking. And um, it's it, actually, it happens in the older ages too. I had conversations with like people that are like in 30s, 60s that I also overthink. Yeah. But um, what is very interesting is how can we stop overthinking? You know, do you, do you have a way to stop overthinking? Yeah, I mean, I think when those power weeks happen and then I have those like longer breaks when I'm in that like so when I'm in work mode I'm like okay everything's great everything's picture perfect and like all this content is going well and then in like school and then when I have my break days I'm like I am like I said like I'm just existing and this is like the real me like I'm just gonna post whatever I want and so I think like having those break days is like when I come to terms or like I'm like okay this is like I don't know how to say it, I guess, like, this is my real life, or, like, not everything is picture perfect all the time, and it's kind of, like, the days that I take to, like, center myself, um, and, like, and that's, like, when I stop overthinking, I guess, but Mm -hmm. then I'm not gonna lie, I kind of go back into the cycle of, like, the power week, but then having those few days, like I said, it kind of centers myself, um, yeah, and also just talking to others really helps, because I, when I, like, have coffee dates with some girlfriends, like, they'll be like, oh, well, you should just, like, post whatever you want. And, like, I don't know, talking to others who are going through what you're going through and then hearing their take on it, it mm-hmm. really helps, too. Um, because you can feel so alone and, like, isolated and overthinking all the time unless you wow. talk to others. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, I was a huge overthinker myself. And... I, I hated it because when you overthink, you just keep like going deeper and deeper, jumping from one thought to a deeper one and you just get lost there. And you know, like sometimes uh, I used to overthink and like I check my time and like it's been 30 minutes that I've been lost in my thoughts. Yeah. And uh, I just recently learned how to stop it. How did you, what, what is your strategy? So uh, David Howitt is, uh, is one of the people that, um, I talked to and he has this podcast actually too and he told me one thing that uh was very interesting he said if you want to you can never stop overthinking but you can learn to observe your thoughts instead of being involved in your thoughts oh okay so what I do and is when I when I start overthinking I I have like a trigger that like okay I'm overthinking right now I step back and start observing them instead of trying to see that I'm involved with them. And what it does, it helps you to remember that you are not your thoughts. Yeah. And they are just there. And whatever they are, negative, most most likely negative, we're thinking is most negative, you are not that world. You know, you're just observing that part and it just stops. You know, because when you're involved in it, it's like an Inception movie, you know? When yeah. you're involved in it, you keep going inside, you know? But, like, when you observe it, it's over. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. I'm honestly, I'm going to, like, steal that, and I'm going to try doing that <laughs> when the next time this happens. Because <laughs> I've never thought of it, like, to do it like that. But that totally, that makes sense, you know? 
and it's the same as meditation you know when when you when you meditate you do not necessarily want to stop your thoughts but you want to observe them because mm -hmm. you know focus on your breath and all those kind of stuff yeah but thoughts still come in your mind you know yeah it, yeah when you when you stop stop your thoughts kind of kind of start suffering basically yeah. like, oh, don't come don't come. <laughs> yeah but yeah but like uh, it's the same thing with the meditation you know when you meditate you're gonna just let the thoughts go by and you watch them and i feel like meditation was a beginning of me practicing that mm -hmm. and then over time i started like kind of doing it in a in a more deeper level that like okay whenever i start overthinking i like one step back I observe them and they are over. They answer real quick. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I just want to put it out there because I know a lot of people overthink and I think it will be helpful to observe your thoughts and still being involved in them. Um, Sonia, there's this one question also I usually ask and I want to ask you too. So um, let's imagine that you are turning 80 years old. Okay. Have you heard this uh, question? I don't think so. Yeah. So let's imagine you're turning 80 years old. And you go out to buy groceries. You're coming back home. And there are a bunch of different cars parked by your home. Mm -hmm. You are being surprised for your birthday, for your 80th birthday, mm -hmm. by your family by your friends, by your kids, and all the people that you love. Um, for, for this birthday, which is an amazing birthday because everyone that you love and everyone that you had impact is in there, you're receiving a letter as a gift from your kids. In that letter, your kids are telling you about what you mean to them, what they have learned from you, and what symbol you have been in their lives. Sonia, what do you want this letter to say? Wow, <laughs> I feel so on the spot. Um, <laughs> hmm, I guess. Well, I'm kind of like gonna tie this into now because in my mind, the people who I mentor now are like my children. And actually that's like what we call them yeah. in the LSAMP program. So yeah. I guess right now, like what my mission pretty much is and what I hope that it is for like, you know, the rest of my life and can help others. Like, yeah. I guess I want my children or whoever I mentor come across um, to feel inspired and encouraged that someone who looks like them, um, looks like them, acts like them, can be successful too. Uh, something that's really big right now with my mentees is like, I still have not had a professional internship experience, mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't stop me from giving internship advice or interview advice. Um, and I feel like a lot of people think you're only credible if you've had like an internship or professional experience, but yeah. I try and encourage and inspire others right now that like, that doesn't really define you. Like you can really make your own name for yourself um, before any of that. Mm -hmm. And so I think I would want people to know that like, no matter where you are in life, you can be successful um, and you can really do anything that you put your mind to. And yeah, I think just like breaking stereotypes is another big one that I also try and encourage and inspire others. Like 
like when I was in high school, I was afraid to be a nerd, but I was on the cheer team and in robotics. Like, you know, you can break stereotypes, you can do whatever, because like you said, like, um, all these like stereotypes or anything that's like predefined by society, it's just like all in your head. Like, but you, you step out of those thoughts and things like that, you know, it's like, you can do anything. So I think I would want like people to recognize me for, um, the, like the change that they can find within themselves that, you know, that they may be inspired by me to do that. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think, uh, what you just said about, you know, you being called nerd, for example, is are all titles, you know, that we keep giving ourselves, you know, um, I want to know how, what were you thinking? You know, what was your mind, what was going on in your mind when you were in high school? about who Sonia will be today? Yeah, so I, before choosing engineering, like I don't really know what I thought I wanted to do in life. Like I've, like I said, I've always been around STEM. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember thinking when I was younger, like, oh, I'm gonna be a dentist, but like, yeah. I really hate blood. So that was like shut no. down. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I don't know. I always knew that I wanted to be in the STEM field, yeah. but. I think when you're in like your sophomore, junior year of high school, you're very impressionable. And like, if you're hanging out with the cool kids and like what they're doing. Um, And I think when I realized like, okay, I have like a great friend group or like whatever, I'm just, and I think all these people around me are great and cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just do what they're doing because that's what's going to keep me great and cool, you know? (laughs) Um, And so I think when I chose to do intro to engineering, it was like, I don't know, maybe it was like future me telling past me, like, you should do this, like, don't care about what others do. And I think a little bit of me was like, you know, if I do it, it'll almost be cool that I'm doing engineering, but I'm still a part of this crowd and doing all the things that I do. Um, And like, you know, breaking that stereotype. And so I think in the moment, I was like, okay, well, this will also make me cool if I do this um but I think by senior year I had distanced myself from a lot of people and I guess you say like I lost a lot of friends but I was just really like distancing myself because after taking those intro to engineering courses and taking like math more serious and stuff like that um I think I started to realize like okay I you're in charge of your own future Mm -hmm. and you know, going out is fun and cool and whatever, but if you're hanging out with people who are maybe getting in trouble mm-hmm. or maybe they don't, like, they're not making a future for themselves, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. is that the crowd you want to be a part of? And who cares if they're labeled as the cool kids and all that? But like, you know, you you know that you need to make a life for yourself and you're going to do that by surrounding yourself with other good people and stuff like that. And sometimes that means cutting your circle small quality over quantity for sure. Um, so I think that's also like, I started to just kind of like hang out with, um, less people and be more self-aware by myself, whatever, but like working towards my future. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, I kind of had like a repeat like of that in high school. And then that happened again after Mm -hmm. my freshman year of college and 
I like cut my circle small again and I got more involved. So I think everyone kind of goes through that, whether it's high school or college, you kind of like go through a phase of like partying and being with friends and like having fun. Yeah. And then towards like the end of high school or college, you're like, okay, but what am I doing with my life? Because I'm going to be working for the rest of my life. And that's just how it is for everyone. Like, so how am I going to make the best life for myself? Um, and I think also like, you know, there's that saying, like, if you enjoy work, like not a single day of work is actual work. Or I don't know how the actual saying goes, but yeah. I think in high school, I also figured out like, okay, I could be like, I don't know, an artist or something, but is that like something I love to do and I, oh. I don't really like drawing and stuff like that so I was like okay I need to find my passion because I want when I work I don't want work to feel like work and mm -hmm. so when I got into engineering and I ended up liking it I was like okay I could this will feel like work but it'll be like less of a pain because I actually enjoy it and yeah. I think it still feels like that now <laughs> Uh, it's it's amazing that you were thinking about it even in high school, you know, that like, what is your passion? You know, what do you really love to do? Because a lot of us grow when we are 40, 50, we take a look at our lives and we're like, oh, I've been working somewhere I hate. I've been making money. Just go every day, wake up, breakfast, work, lunch, dinner, go yeah. back to family, sleep, another day, same thing. You know, but it's amazing that you have you had this this mindset uh early on early on and that's that's one of the reasons that you're you're already pretty successful you know you're in, in the right path mm -hmm. and um i wanted to ask you this one other question but like uh i want to save it for later but what what caused you to have this mindset you know what was that uh path to you went through that you start thinking hey Sonia doesn't want to just work. Sonia mm -hmm. wants to do what she loves to do. Yeah. So um, I definitely think growing up in a first-generation house, so my, my parents are first-generation, I'm second-generation, yeah. um, but I if for college, at least, by the way. Um, so they grew up very poor, mm -hmm. and um, my mom also grew up in, like, with four other no, three other siblings um but like there was like six people in a very small house and they were very very poor and everyone in her family ended up being engineers or lawyers and very yeah. successful people and I think growing up around that and same with my dad's side um he, they also had a lot of siblings and they were all ended up being very successful and I think growing up into that um you kind of think nothing of it and yeah. so that's also, but okay, I don't I need to think about how many phrases. So like in high school, when I would like kind of rebel and I thought I was so cool for going out and doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, when I would sit down and think about like, okay, what am I like doing? And like, let's mm -hmm. think about like my mom, like she was, when she was my age. Yeah. She probably had fun, but she was also working a ton so that she could save up and pay for college and do all this stuff. And like, I think thinking about where I came from and how they worked so hard and like kind of realizing like, okay, well, what am I doing? You know, mm -hmm. um, I think that helped kind of change my mindset. And I do remember this one specific time where I was like, I was mad at my mom for something. And I was like, okay, well, I, I'm going to drop out of robotics. And then 
in my head, like right after I said that, I was like, okay, but who does that hurt at the end of the day? Yeah. Like, sure, I make a point to my mama, like I did that and I dropped out, but for, for me, mm-hmm. that hurts me. Like I can't put that on my college application or I can't talk. Like I was like, at the end of the day, you are your own person that makes your future. And I think that's like the point where that mindset kind of started to kick in because I was like, okay, well, who's in charge of making my future? I am. Um, And so like being growing up around uh, successful minorities has helped me a lot because, you know, I know I can do it too and whatever, but it also helps remind me that we really came from nothing. And so kind of keep that cycle going and, you know, do what they did. They worked so hard to provide for my sister and I, so I'm going to do the same for my children. And in order to do that, I have to, you know, be successful and all that. Um, and then with social media and everything too, like how we were talking about earlier, like finding my passion and stuff. So I was able to find my passion through engineering, um, in high school. And then, I always loved being the center of attention when there was cameras and stuff out. And I actually was voted most likely to have like a reality show in high school. Really? And <laughs> so, and I was voted computer whiz. So it was kind of yeah. funny to like see that both. Um, but so then in college, um, you know, when you're in high school, it's scary to start any social media or anything like that because, you know, you're with the same people every single day. And it's easy to get made fun of and all that. And so then in college, um, my first year, I was like, I want to make like a dorm tour or something like that. And I didn't end up actually starting my social media my freshman year because I still had that same mentality of like being afraid of other people's judgment. But then by sophomore year, towards the end, I was like, you know what, if this is my passion, I've always liked posting aesthetically pleasing things online or like, you know. Like I, I was voted that for a reason because I'd be like on my Snapchat, like, hey guys, you know? So um, I was like, okay, if this is like a passion of mine, I should just do it. And I ended up, yeah, just kind of like going for it. And I remember getting made fun of like at the beginning and people would like send my post around and stuff. Um, but now I'm getting paid for it and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. And like people will use my discount codes and like, people who used to bully me use my discount codes and stuff. And it's just funny to see how things change when you start being selfish and worrying about your passions, you know? So um, I think what has helped me like come to my finding my passions and that mentality is not caring what other people think and definitely realizing that you make your future. You know what I mean? Like you're the only one in charge of your future. Yeah, exactly. You know, there, there are two words I want to pick up from what you just said. One, which is the most important thing, is to surrender to your passion, to you, who you really are. Surrendering is is a, is a, has a negative kind of thing behind it, but surrendering is actually good. You need to surround it to who you really are and your gift and your calling. And the second thing that I love about what you said was just keep going, resilience. You know, I, I, I see that a lot, you know, because... It always starts like that, Sonia. It always starts with people like, oh, posting videos, posting yeah. pictures. And then when you when you go far, those people that were like not talking good about you will follow you. Right. You know, will follow you. And that's just how, how it works, you know, because 
when sometimes it happens because we do not we, we have not figured it out within ourselves so we kind of can feel a little bit of a jealousy towards people that figured it out mm-hmm. you know but when they become successful we look up to them mm-hmm. we look up to them and we get more uh, inspired by them no i i, I you, you're very right you're very right um what was uh so it sounds like your parents were the key in in this whole journey you know um i want to know what was the if you want to tell me two things that you really like learned or like kind of help you to shape your core values that you learned from your uh, your parents yeah so um my my mom is the one who raised me my parents are split and so i think something that i really learned is that like uh a woman can be strong and successful on her own because i think often when people go through a divorce or a separation like it's like okay who's gonna how are you her is so and so gonna survive or whatever but like my mom has done like so just fine if not you know better like at supporting my sister and I and so I think seeing that um was huge because you know I've I've learned not to depend on a man and that's something that my family has always said like you know you need to have a good job because you're you're in charge of yourself you know what I mean um so that's a huge thing um and then I think just um this one's actually I don't know. It wouldn't, it's kind of weird. Like, I guess it's not really like a value or something like that, but my mom has always taught me to like, um, work a room or be outgoing. So Mm -hmm. whenever we go to like family gatherings and stuff like that, she, Mm -hmm. she says like, you work a a room, you say, you make your rounds and you say hi to every single person that's there. And if you don't know them, you introduce yourself. And I think that's helped a lot with me and my professional side because when I go to a conference or a club meeting and stuff like that I'm not afraid to talk to anybody who's there and so I think that's something really important that I learned that not a lot of other people necessarily learn from their parents Um, but she like made sure that that was like in my brain and that I knew how to do that um, at a young age so yeah yeah it sounds like a lot of self-love too you know that you, yeah, you, and you, you love yourself first, you know, because that's very important. Yeah. Well, you're talking about not being dependent and not being dependent. You all start with, do you love yourself? Mm-hmm. If you do not love yourself, you try to find love in someone else, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's also a very good, a good one. Um, so tell something to your mom right now, directly to her. Okay, I would say that I'm so appreciative of the way that I was raised. Right to her. Like, imagine I'm not here. Your mom is, like, in front of camera. Oh, like, like, I, like, I would say that I'm appreciative of you and all that you've taught me and the person that you made me become, um, especially when things were hard because I'm never in the loop with anything because I'm the youngest in my entire family. And so everyone always keeps things from me. But when I figure the things out that go on behind the scenes, it's always nice to know how I was taken care of or still am taken care of when things maybe aren't the best behind the scenes. So I would say thank you. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, 
this is a new um, question that I, I want to start asking a lot in the season two, obviously, on podcast. And that is, um, Sonia, are you relatable? I would think so. I, it's kind of like weird because my online self, I try to be relatable um, by sharing my college experience and everything. But then, like we were talking about earlier, sometimes when I like look at my social media, I'm like, mm -hmm. is that me? Am I relatable? Because the relatable me is crying after doing uh, an assignment kind of thing, which mm -hmm. the other day I actually did post a picture of me crying and it mm -hmm. got a ton of like response and like people were really nice about it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start posting more real relatable stuff. So I would say I'm figuring it out. I'm, I am relatable, but I need to release that relatable person online a bit more. Um, but I do try and, you know, show day in the lives on uh, YouTube and stuff so that other people can feel like they can do it too. Because when I came to Oregon State, I had my sister to look at, you know, but I was also searching up vlogs and stuff and I didn't see any brown girl doing engineering on YouTube. And I was like, okay, well, like, is that relatable? Am I going to fit in at Oregon State? And there's not a lot of us at Oregon State, but I'm trying to post that online so that it encourages more people and underrepresented minorities to get into college and STEM and um, yeah, pursuing higher education. That way everyone can be, you know, a bit more relatable to each other and all that. I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great answer. And uh, if I want to say from just talking to you um, in this podcast, I think you're very relatable. Thanks. Uh, and uh, in this conversation, I think what is very, what I really try to do in the same podcast is to, you know, people uh, like Sonia, the social media influencer, leader, but who really Sonia is? Mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to bring that out. Or yeah. like, uh, we talk to athletes, you know, people see them as student athletes. Oh, it's scary. But like, who mm -hmm. they really are, you know, who they really are within themselves. And, you know, I think if when, if when people say this, that who Sonia really is, what she went through, people feel very relatable to you. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. relatable to you. And um, Sonia, uh, we, we are getting close to the end of the, the episode. So I want to know uh, what is the biggest lesson that you have learned in your life? Hmm. Um, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in my life is to not compare yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. Because even from a young age, like I said, I was comparing myself to my friends and I don't want to be a nerd. Well, worry about yourself. And then when I came to college, it's like, um, you know, it's just you're always comparing yourself to how your peers did on their assignment versus you. And I've spent so many hours and tears and stuff on worrying about other people when I could have been using that time to invest it in myself and bettering myself. And I think that's a huge lesson that everyone needs to learn is to not compare yourself to other people and, you know, only worry about yourself and how you can do better because at the end of the day, you can't change how other people think or work or perform, but you can change yourself. And so only focusing on yourself is key. 
you're only cool when you accept who you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my definition of being cool. Because I hear yeah. that being cool a lot. Uh, but if you are really who you are, because that's uh, one of the main things that happens within college students. Within our journey in college, most of us hopefully I really accept who we really are, mm-hmm. who we really are. And that's the time that the whole thing of now finding what my passion is and all this kind of stuff starts. But the first step is like, first of all, I need to accept uh, Armand mm-hmm. or you need to accept Sonia, mm-hmm. you know, as who you really are, your skills, your, what you have. And then the, all the stuff comes after. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, we call ourselves Yes, I Am because we believe you can put anything in front of Yes, I Am and be that person. Mm-hmm. What would Sonia put in front of Yes, I Am? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I guess I would say successful because even though maybe success can success can be small or big, and I think something that's really had a weighing impact is not feeling successful because of the internships and stuff and I think I have been successful in many other ways and I think that's something that I need to tell myself more and something that others should know too that success is comes in many different forms so successful (laughs) say it in a phrase so because we want to keep it like that okay so like yes I am successful or okay <laughs> so yes, I am successful. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sonia, for being with us. And thank you for saying yes to your Sam podcast. Uh, it's been lovely talking to you. It was we I got inspired a lot uh, with talk for through talking to you. And again, Sonia, you are relatable and we are all relatable. And the whole point of SAM podcast is to show our peers that we all go through stuff we are all relatable you know there is at least one person in this even on this world in this community or osc that's relatable to you so Mm -hmm. if if we just know that that we are relatable and we are not alone that's the time that uh we start feeling good about ourselves we start believing that yes i also can be a very successful person. So thank you, Sonia. And thank you everyone for watching the first episode of Yes I Am podcast. Um, make sure to follow, uh, follow our Instagram at YA underscore Yes I Am. We will be releasing a couple of short videos of different podcasts. And uh, next week podcast will be, I'm not going to tell you who will be, but you will know soon. Um, but next week's podcast will be also out on Saturday, 6 p.m. Till then, as always, yes, I am. <laughs>